I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. A uh, little housekeeping off the top here because the patrons get to listen to this in advance. Uh, that's part of the, what you get for being a patron. But this is going to be out for everybody on the iTunes and the Googles and the all in sports and world of things. So we're going to do a typical intro today. It is Jake Steely, myself. It is Joe Pizapia. Follow him at Joe Pizapia17. It is Chris Feeney. Follow him at Chris Feeney. Joe Pizapia has his black book out, as the patrons know, and as everybody else should know. Make sure you go get that for fantasy baseball. Chris Meany and myself over at The Athletic have the baseball draft kit fully live right now. So go to the athletic.com front slash all the sports. You save 30% off. So if you want to go check that out as well, we got things for you everywhere. And we're all here for you. And there's a lot to get into, specifically baseball, because right off the top, we finally have a location, everybody. Yay! For one. Yes. For one. For one. Yes. I, woke, you know, I, I tweeted it out yesterday for everybody that didn't see it. I gave credit to the CBS guy. There was a month ago he wrote an article saying he figured out basically by breaking down what teams had to spend, who had a log jam at third base, who didn't need him, who did well, and basically broke it all down and found out that the mystery team and how much sense it made was the Padres for Manny Machado. Credit to that dude. I still forget his name. That's why I tweeted it out for calling that a month ago. It is the Padres, Manny Machado, 10 years, $300 million for everybody saying it wasn't going to happen. He's with the Padres. Yeah, I know. Boy, those poor players, they can, they can barely put food on the table. It's really tough. <laughs> you know, I don't know how Manny Machado is going to afford that other house of his. I really, it's very hard, but, you know, hopefully this will help. But this is great. This is great. I mean, it, it's it's terrific. It's great that a team like San Diego is going to go try to throw a bunch of money at a big time superstar. Now they threw a bunch of money and overpaid for Hosmer, but that's like the Jason Worth thing where you overpay for the guy who's a good clubhouse guy, but not a great player. And you start to try to build something. And Machado is the franchise type guy. He's the guy that you're going to get the best years for. So you're going to get great years out of Machado at a high number, which is fine. Premium talent, premium price. That's great. They're one of the top three systems in baseball in terms of minor league prospects so there's a lot coming through that pipeline if things work out this is a fantastic deal and unlike most other players Manny Machado and I've said this on a few shows already this week Manny Machado will not press under the pressure of a big deal because he's a moron he's an idiot he's he's a complete immature nut job and he's not going to care. Like it doesn't, nothing phases this guy. Therefore, that normal, oh man, I got to prove myself to the fan base thing or a little bit of pressure because I just signed this huge contract, new city. Nope, it's fine. It's, life's going to be a beach for Manny Machado. Is it ever? Yeah, San Diego is one of the nicest places in the world to go live, let alone. Let's all retire there, the three of us. Let, let's make a pact. Yeah, for sure. We'll do Absolutely. this show live from the beach. You know, you got to um, give him credit. It's kind of high. 
<laughs> a little bit, a little high, but I mean, you got to give him credit because he waited it out this long when everyone was talking about, you know, things. I agree with you, Joe, like selfish, all those things come to come to mind when I think of Manny Machado doesn't want to play third anymore. Well, may have to with, you know, a guy like Tatis Jr. in the system, although he's been playing some second in minor leagues over the past, you know, a few months, but still, I mean, he waited it out and he got his money. He got his 300 million. So now we're waiting on Harper, who's definitely going to get that too, I think, unless he wants to take a shorter deal, whether it's eight or five, whatever he wants to do there. But Manny got 300, so he should get 300. I laughed at Jared Weaver tweeting yesterday. Well, if he got 300, Mike Trout's going to get 1 billion. <laughs> so I, I mean, he got the money. We all sat here and said, is he going to get 300? He got the money. And I wonder about San Diego, though, because we've been down this road before with them. A couple years ago, they brought in Kimbrell. They brought in Kemp. They brought in Upton. brought in all these guys, and it looked like they were going to make a push for their fan base. Hey, we want to be competitive. And then they got rid of everybody within, like, months. So I know they're not going to get rid of Manny Machado, but it's nice to see them at least make another push here, um, you know, to be competitive because they do have some nice prospects in their system. All right, so I'm going to like, say two things. First of all, so I think this is – good for what people were worried about player-wise, but I also don't think this fixes everything because it still took way too long. Uh, the system still is broken to a degree, mostly because I don't know if you guys have seen, but I, I retweeted at least two of them. One was for Buster Only, talking about how other low-rung free agents haven't heard anything this entire offseason, and all of a sudden one day they hear from five teams on the same day, and all five teams are offering almost the exact same contract. And I'm not saying there, there's definitely collusion, but it's the whole cliche where there's smoke, there's fire. If it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck type of thing. Like, do you wow. have that? Like, I mean, collusion. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, it's, it's Mark Reynolds type of player. I forget who it might have even been Mark Reynolds. But the point was, is you don't go the entire offseason not having a call from anybody. And then all of a sudden, four or five in one day, and all the contracts are the same. So, again, I we've said this before. I know baseball is doing the right. The teams are doing the right thing by sh fixing the problem they created and getting right with the contracts. At the same time, it is collusion if they've all agreed and talking behind the scenes about what they're and how they're going to do it. So that's a sidebar. I'm with you. Good, you know, good for Machado that he got this. I don't think anybody at this point was expecting him to get $300 million after all this waiting. And yeah, same with you guys as well. I actually think this means more for Bryce Harper. I, I think the 10 years, $300 million, which again, we all talked about and agreed with and said that Bryce Harper, don't forget, he turned that down from the Nationals to talk about like, oh, well, too bad, Bryce Harper. Well, forget, he turned down $300 million. Yeah. I think he might get a little bit more than that at this point. It'll be interesting. I think it still sounds like the Phillies are the favorite. Um, but for Machado, like, so I said this, just let's talk about the Padres as a whole because that's where you were going, Chris, is at first, my initial reaction was, I think you could have spent $300 million, not even, not even $300 million, but let's just say $300 million. I think you could have done it better for what the team needs. And what I was saying was, Dallas Keuchel is still out there. Gio Gonzalez is out there. Bullpen help is still out there. Their problem is not offense. You, you just took Will Myers, pushed him to the outfield, and now pushing him to the outfield, now you're pushing either... Reyes or Cordero or somebody, Margo, somebody's going to the bench and two of them are on the bench because one of them was already on the bench. So I can see maybe if they make a trade and I know this is a long-term outlook and long-term outlook, as you said, Joe, this, this team is loaded with like, we're talking Astros five years ago, loaded of prospects. Yeah, now granted they've got to work out. Let's, you know, we, right. we've seen a lot and of great teams of with prospects. Right. 
yeah, everybody kept coming at me when I said that. I was like, look, you sign Keuchel and Gio, and yes, Gio is definitely a short-term answer, but you do that and get bullpen help. You're talking about the Padres maybe being the Rockies this year and surprising everybody to be a playoff team. And everybody's like, well, this is about 2020, 2021. And I said what you said, Joe. I was like, well, we've done this whole game before and said, you know, well, look at all this. Ta-. And then they get there and one out of the five hit. Yeah, well, look, you know, if, if – even you know, it's not even a matter of ratios. It's a matter of if one of them becomes another superstar, or you get one of the pitchers to become a superstar. That's all that matters. You know, I don't, this idea of like you got to get like thirty percent or fifty percent of the prospects. Not even that, but I mean, come on. Somebody was like, "Have you seen how much talent that pitching staff has?" I was like, "What?" Or, yeah, oh, like, their their current pitching staff. Current pitching staff is atrocious. Like, yeah, yeah, the current the current pitching staff is atrocious, and I'm all for. I think Keuchel is a guy that would absolutely benefit from going to the National League. I think Keuchel is a guy that I would. I would throw the kind of contract on uh, Keiko of Hig here. Here's a one year X number of million dollars with a bunch of incentives for a bunch of stuff for innings threshold, all kinds of stuff. And then I would throw in a player option at a high amount too. If he, if he pitched or, you know, make it enticing where if he has a good year, then he pick up the player option and everybody's happy. So it's not a team option or a mutual option, you know, it, give the guy a little bit of a, Hey, you know, if you do well here or if it bottoms out, well, you know, maybe you get a second crack at a decent price the next year, give him a player option, but yeah, you need some stability in that rotation. But look, the, the Padres aren't going to compete just because they have Machado, but I'll tell you what, from a fantasy yeah. perspective too, I don't think Machado's value goes down much at all. It, it, I don't think it moves period, to be honest with you. And and there will be some people in every league that are sour on Machado because now he's a Padre. The guy hits everywhere. The guy has always hit everywhere. So I wouldn't be concerned with that whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. Real with quick before you go, Chris. Yeah. I was just, just a quick sidebar. Holy crap, I just had that sick to my stomach feeling real quick because I was like, oh my God, did I hit record? <laughs> so I did. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that feeling on in this yeah, room. That is not the rest a- of the when I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. We're 40 minutes into this. What did I? Okay. okay. <laughs> that is not a good feeling. Yeah, I've been there before worse. as well. It is the worst. Um, all right. So glad you're recording. I agree with you. I can always manufacture more rage <laughs> if need be. <laughs> I don't think his numbers are going to come down uh, all that much. I mean, maybe his, I don't know if he's going to hit 107 RBIs from last. No, because and to your point, so real quick, I just wanted to jump in because that's something that people don't realize is this park actually plays middle of the road. It's, yeah, not, it's, it's not the pitcher. It's just like City Field. It's not what it was since they changed the fences. Right. And it's, you know, it's a little bit worse for, for lefties, but right. you know, and for the Padres, they haven't been scoring a lot of runs lately, but I mean, you get Kinsler on top of the lineup, who's a little bit of a vet and, you know, he'll probably only last a couple months before they start to call up some of these kids. Like maybe months, that's but, optimistic. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. He's been on the shelf over the past couple of years of the hamstring injury bound to do it again this year. But you know, like, like you said, you got Hosmer a couple of years ago, not the greatest, but whatever. Maybe this boosts him up a little bit. And then Will Myers, if he can stay healthy, you got some kids there in the outfield um, that that can make some noise. So I, I don't think he's going to hit the century mark in terms of RBIs or runs, but he's still going to be a, a fine asset. He's a great hitter. Maybe he brings back some of his speed. We saw a little bit last year as well. So um, you know he's going to be he's going to be fine. But I agree. Like this pitching staff is it's atrocious. It's brutal. Keiko would be a great fit there. Nice ground ball pitcher in San Diego and. You know, the park is nice for him anyways, but that would just be all of a sudden that would, he would be their best pitcher, really. Uh, oh, I, I like, yeah, I like, um, you know, some of their prospects for sure. Um, Mackenzie Gore is is a nice young piece that I think will will be something for them eventually, but he's a long ways away. I mean, they just drafted him last year and two years ago, I think, in the first round. So he's only played single A ball. This team is still, 
you know, two or three years away, but you bring in a guy like Machado and maybe that helps. Maybe I, I don't think having a Hosmer there helped Machado, but it's just, you know what I mean? Like Hosmer. And he said the other day, like, how do you, somebody asked him, how do you feel now that you don't have the highest contract, maybe you're second. He's like, now I hope I'm the third or fourth highest paid player on this team come next year. And that's, that's what you hope that you bring in a Machado and then next year you can bring in someone else. Or maybe you bring in a Keiko. Maybe you bring in, you know, a couple other little small pieces because there's still some, like you said, Jake, there's still some bullpen arms out there. Maybe Kimbrell comes back a second time around. There's still <laughs> some guys out there that can help out this team right now. But I think everyone needs to settle down. I saw some people, oh, I told you guys to to bet the the Padres at 120 to 1 to win the World Series before Manny Machado. Like, oh, just, shut the hell up. Like, there's no Somebody way said in that hell. to you. No, I saw it on Twitter. Like I, I saw it. It was. It's. It's just because it's on Twitter doesn't mean it's true. It's like, oh, I said this, you know, a month ago. Manny Machado was going to come, and I told you guys to bet the the World Series one one. Oh, it's like man, like relax. Like, they're not even, even those odds right now. I'm still not going to take. Yeah, don't waste your money because <laughs> you go, the odds are going to go up. Like it ready doesn't mean to, you're going to win. <laughs> this is fun. I want you to. I want you to go through the rotation of the San Diego Padres as currently constituted right now, and then take a deep breath. And then put your money back in your. No, pocket. Hold on, wait. I, I okay. This is how Robbie Erlin is their number two. Oh, who who'd you say? Robbie, Robbie Erlin. No, number two. I thought he was three because I think it's. I was gonna say I thought it was Lucchesi and um Lauer. Sure. I mean, if you want, like they're the same. Like it doesn't matter. No, no. So you that go. was my point. Is I was gonna say I just so somebody yesterday and I, what I was gonna say was talking about this and I said how they could use pitching a lot more and blah blah blah. And I said, this, this, this rotation is trash. And somebody comes back immediately. He's like, their rotation is not trash. You're, you're overlooking some of the talent. And so I immediately pulled up the rotation. I'm like, wait, am I forgetting somebody? Like, so I looked at it. Okay, those are, the st- those are still only the three names I can mention. I still forget four and five. I thought that's what you were going to say, Joe, is try to name the f- five starters. Oh, I mean, go ahead. That's a fun game, too. No, I'll those are the only three. Around. Those are the three I have. Those, I don't even know if I can. I, Luis Perdomo. Is Dickinson oh, Lamette Perdomo. still there? I mean, Perdomo, I no, neither one of them are in the rotation. Those aren't the ones projected for the rotation. I think Perdomo, Perdomo is Perdomo's in there. Yeah, I'm going to pull no, I thought. I think he's in the bullpen because he's still coming back. <laughs> Wait, Kirby Yates be starting games for the no, next no, no. year. All right, here you go. Ready? Here it is. Yeah. Joey Lucchese. Right. Hey, how you going? Uh, right. Denilson Lamette is who it says right now. Yeah, Tommy Bobby Erlin. No, he's not going to be. Eric Lauer. And then right. it's a combination of Brian Mitchell, Luis Perdomo, and Jacob Nix. Okay, Brian Mitchell and Jacob Nix were the two that I saw yesterday. Yeah, they're two best pitchers. I mean, Lucchese's all right. I, he's got that funky rotation. He could be something. But Lamette and Garrett Richards are their two probably best pitchers, and they're both shelf with Tommy John surgery. Like, I don't think that we'll see Lamette. Right. Maybe we see him towards the end of the season, but I think, yeah, we probably will see him this year because he had Tommy John. Oh, yeah, he's he's there. slated to be back. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, he'll be back this year, but even still, like, well, yeah, I think like probably like, you know, if you get him August September, but it's not. He's not a drafted stash guy. Let's put it. Let's no, be honest. I no, mean, it's not, not a guy who's gonna come in and save your day. No. Uh, so here's my real question for you guys. This is the biggest one. Do you keep doing the same thing I do after an entire football season of making sure you say Los Angeles and now every time you say San Diego Padres, it kind of sounds a little weird? Uh, yeah, a little I bit. Mean, no, I mean, honestly, every time I type it and say it, there's this little thing in the back of my mind that was like, hold on, did I just mess that up? Well, the Las Vegas Raiders thing is going to screw me up a lot. I can tell you that right now. Like, yeah, a lot of people do that with hockey, too, that while they go I Las just, Vegas. I liken it to the fact, like, right now, so I just wrote a football article for The Athletic today. And I said last year, referencing 2017, like it takes you a little bit to get that year transition where you're kind of catching up to the year. 
Mm-hmm. So that's how it's just, it just feels weird. It feels weird to say San Diego after hammering into our heads. Los Don't Angeles, say San Diego. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to all the Manny Machado anchorman memes though that are coming. So and that's you know, all that's all that really matters for you. That's all that that's all that really matters. As long as I can get a good meme out of Manny Machado going forward, that's all, you know. We we were right though. All three of us were right that Manny Machado would go where the money is. Now there's nothing yeah. wrong with going to play in San Diego. It's fine, whatever. But it you know what I mean? Like I'm sure it's there heaven. were other contenders it's out heaven there. on earth. San Diego's yeah. glorious place to play. Why wouldn't he want to spend there? He doesn't care about winning. He cares no. about money. And he said the Yankees didn't, you know, I don't know if Okay, so that's where I'm going, guy. Chris. I'm glad you yeah. said that. Uh-huh. So that's going to be my la- my last question about this was do you think the Yankees should have been in on this? Because, and just from a fan's perspective, I have a buddy who've been friends with him for almost 12 years now, who is a lifelong Yankees fan. And I texted him and I said, so uh, pretty upset about Monty Machado getting that 300 million. And it's not with the Yankees, aren't you? And he's like, well, if Andrew Har continues to hit and Didi comes back healthy and, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I texted back. I said, like, you mean Luke Voigt hits so they didn't have to move Andujar? And then because you had an answer at third base, you could have just moved Andujar across the diamond and all that. And, you know, just texting back and forth. But I, my final text to him was like, nah, you're just trying to spin this in a positive light. You would have loved Machado with the Yankees. And that's my question to you guys. Should the Yankees have been in on Machado? No, because he would have been an absolute disaster from a media standpoint in New York. He says stupid things. I mean, yeah, look, everybody knows people don't hustle all the time, but don't come out and just be like, yeah, I don't hustle all the time. That's in a not contract fly. year during playoff time. Right. That, <laughs> that is not, <laughs> that is not going to fly in New York City. It's just not. I mean, I've, I've lived in this town my whole life. I'm telling you, it's just, it's not. So I think he would have been a PR disaster. As good as he would have been on the field, they have built something here very special where they have a lot of good players. They have DD there too. First base has been a void for them for some time. It hasn't. First base has not prohibited them at all from making the playoffs the last couple of years. So why should they worry about it now? Greg Bird's been on the DL forever. Who gives a crap? I mean, a void hits. If he doesn't hit, doesn't matter. Maybe Gary Sanchez moves to first base. Who cares? That's not the, the, the whether they win or lose. Their team is about that bullpen and that power. And that's what they're about. However, this does still leave them with a possibility, and I'm just going to say it till the cows come home. Bryce Harper wants to be a Yankee. And if he's going, and the reason he hasn't signed yet is because they're trying somehow to figure out a way to make that work. And I still think they're going to find a way. I mean, that would be the bigger get. I, I don't think that they should have made a play for Harper, but I, I think it, it probably would have put them over the top. I mean, there's there's so much to like about their team right now. To me, I think they're the favorites, the way that bullpen is shaped up. And, you know, they bring in a couple pitchers like Paxton. Yeah, he's got some injury issues, but they'll probably limit him all year. Just pit, just go six. Just go six, guy. That's all we need from you, five or six. Every time you go out, we'll limit your innings. You'll be fine. And we'll yeah, be fine. Cute. So I, I love the bullpen. I like Andahar too. The more I looked into his numbers in the offseason, I, I you know it's only one year. Um, I know he's and I know he's not Machado, but you know he's a nice little piece. So I agree with Joe. I don't think they, it doesn't matter what. And they to Chris's play. point about Andahar, when you go into the splits in the in the black book, I, I did the Andahar uh, profile. He his splits are terrific. He's the same guy against lefties and righties. The same guy first half, second half. Like he actually got better in the second half, which is something you don't see younger players do. They tend to get worse as the season goes on, as adjustments happen, or they wear out. Andahar was the opposite. So everything that worries me about Ozzy Albies, everything that I look at Andahar is trending and this guy is actually more for real than people give him credit. And I feel like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle even as on, on his own team because yeah. of Torres. 
Yeah, for sure. Great bat skills doesn't strike out a lot. So yeah, I don't know, Jake, if if that's the case. But you know, he uh, there was reports yesterday that you know Yankees didn't even make an offer to him that there wasn't a formal offer. Right. And also reports that the White Sox, you know, two fifty for eight with a ton of incentives. Well, that's the thing. He wanted the guarantee. No, he blame wanted him. the guarantee. And much. who the hell wants to live on the South Side of Chicago? Yeah. Come yeah, on. For sure. I, I, it's I, cold. I that last night. I said, if you t- you pay me $300 million to live in San Diego, I'll go live there for 10 years. And not. And you told me I can't win a World Series, but I could go play for the Phillies and win two in 10 years. So I'm going to go with San Diego. I'm just going to go live there for $300 million. And, and Absolutely. I want the World I mean, Series. But. No, no. Yeah. You take your shot there. It's San no, Diego. So here's my one question. San Diego, then. What you guys kind of are kind of skipping past here, because I, I, there's an angle I'm going to take with the Yankees, too is so we have Severino we have James Paxton who still needs a full mm-hmm. season do we think Tanako pitches a full season I say no yeah no probably land on the deal at some point yeah do we believe in J.A. Happ yes okay Chris? he's gonna be the same guy yeah he would be the same guy he's been for the past couple years do we years. think CC Zabathia gets 30 starts no, no. Uh, that's that's asking okay. a lot so here's my point is Tanaka's not CC Sabathia is not. James Paxson is a huge question mark to ever last a full season. Here's another team where your money would have been perfectly spent to bring in Dallas Keuchel. I'll tell you what. I'll do you one better. I'll see your Dallas Keuchel and I'll raise you a bum gardener. Here, here's what you do. You ready? Oh, you ready? The Giants oh, have a ton of money. You're going to overrate <laughs> some of the Yankees prospects like they always do? You, well, I mean, who, it's, it's I, their brand. Don't, don't even say Torres for bum gardener because I'm out on that. Stay on brand. No, no, I'm not saying Torres for bum. I'm saying is the, if you want to bring in Harper, you got to free up some cash. Stanton's the cash they want to free up. They like Stanton. They don't love Stanton. If Stanton can move with whatever prospect you move with him, okay, let's, let's, let's not say it's any of the guys currently big. Let's say it's Clint Frazier and uh, it's Stanton. Stanton in San Francisco, that gives them a marquee player that they can have for a long time, big power hitter, a guy that they can really say, this is our guy. We're going to build a franchise around him. The Yankees get Bumgarner. And everybody wins, and then they go and take the rest of that money and sign Bryce Harper. It's it's not hard math there. Would you st- would you still do it if it was Herman? I think it would have to be like a Herman. I think it would have to be a lot more. It, what you mean? If I'm the Yankees, do I still do that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, I, I I absolutely do. And I think if you have to throw well, in another, because because you, you have throw more prospects or a better one. That's wait, wait. So you're saying the entire puzzle is trade Stanton, Herman, whatever, get Bumgarner, and sign Harper? Like that's yeah. That's okay. not a hard equation I mean, to make. If the I'm Giants, a Giants fan, Giants I want, want Harper, and they're not going to yeah, get him. Sure. Harper yeah. doesn't want to go there. But if you can give you side and trade in MLB like NBA, no, you can't. No, unfortunately, you can't. <laughs> I know, I know you can't. I was just. But you, what yeah, you can that would work out. Yeah. What you can do is go to Stanton and say, "Look, you know, like this is a team that's going to, you know, look, look. I don't, I don't even know how love in love Stanton is with being in New York. I'll be honest with you." He might prefer to go to the West Coast. He seemed like that kind of personality. Uh, shots at the Miami Marlins 10 years later. Yeah. Did you I mean, see they, that, Joe? They, boo- yeah. they booed him opening day when he struck out like five times. They booed him. Yeah, I, I think I, I thought but, personally that was a bit much. Yeah, like, but you see, just came to your team. But Bryce Harper can deal with that. Bryce Harper's all about that. He's like, yeah, boo me. He's like a heel. Bryce Harper is a great <laughs> no, heel. That's because he's, one thing about New York, we love a great bad guy. Hair flash in the wind. <laughs> No, he's a great bad guy. Bryce Harper will embrace being booed when he strikes out in a big spot, and it's not going to get to him. It's not going to break him. A guy like Stanton, go out to San Francisco. I'll break go, you. Go hit a ton of balls into the water. Everybody will love him, and it's it's great. It's it's a win I for everybody. Thought of golf when you said that, by the way. 
Just yeah, like golf game. That's not what you want to do. Hit <laughs> a ton of balls in the water. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely tin cupped the hole before, and then walked up and dumped an entire sleeve in the water as I was aggravated from it. But yes, I mean, me too. We've all been there. Yes. Uh, last because we got we got big football news too. Um, but two more pieces of baseball news. Mustakas back with the Brewers continues, in my opinion, to be the most underrated player in fantasy and real life, guys. Yes, this guy is. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get it personally. He's you know these one year deals that he's that he's cashing in on. It doesn't seem right, but um, you know I like his landing spot. I like the fact that he's back with Milwaukee. He's looks like he's going to play some second base. Oh, that is the worst part of this. This whole second base. <laughs> Your Mike Mustakas is fat ass. You don't think he can do no. it? No, this is something they told Shaw so Shaw didn't get all pissy. And then halfway through spring training, they're going to pull Shaw in the office and go, look, <laughs> Mike Moussakis' <laughs> fat ass is not turning a double play. You have to go play second base. and Or they're going to – Well, they tried Shaw at second last year, too, at times. Yeah, he was yeah. fine. He's good enough. But here's, the, here's what's going to happen. Ready? Here you go. Ready? Hot take. Shaw might get dealt for more pitching. And I think that would make a lot of sense, too, to move a guy like Travis Shaw because you have Keston Hira who's – going to be ready at some point mid-season i was going to ask how to say his last name yeah keston hira uh, and i think that that guy i mean that guy is a hitting machine and i think and he had a great afl season to me you give him a you know a couple months in triple a two months if he continues to smoke the ball like he has everywhere else you got to get that kid up and then you you take and you move a guy like shaw and mustakas if mustakas plays 10 games at second base at the big league level this year I, I'll eat my hat, man. I don't. I do not see this happening, and it's a shame that you know. Well, they better make a move soon because, like, the dude, season they, starts pretty quick. Mike Mustakis has gotten the raw end of free agency two years in a row. This is a guy somebody's given three or four years to. He's a great clubhouse guy. He's a. It's not a. It's not an accident that they won in Kansas City when he was there, and then he goes to Milwaukee and they go on a run to the playoffs. He is that kind of a winning player. I've said it to Jake a million times. I wanted the Mets to go get him because I felt like he's that kind of guy. He's just that intense guy who cares and over 162 games, that crap matters, man. And Moustakas is that kind of dude. And he's the one who's getting the crap end of the deal, not the Harpers and Machados. Everyone's worried about, oh, we're going to set the bar. No, forget the bar. Take care of the guys in the middle. Take care of the guys at the bottom. That's the thing that, that pisses me off about that Verlander tweet is he uses Harper and Machado as this – measuring right. stick about why things are wrong with free agency. No, Mike Moustakas is the reason things are wrong in free agency. This is a guy who is in his prime years last year, couldn't get a free agent deal more than a year. It's, it's the middle it's class. class. It's the middle class. Yeah. The mi- yeah. It's the top 1%, okay? Everybody else is losers. They're no, because losers. I, I saw your tweet too, and it was another one of those. It's, there's about... It you didn't like one. it. No, like no any, not no. your tweet. There was a tweet. It yeah. wasn't 1% either. I think it was 5 or 10, but it was somewhere between 5 and 10% of MLB makes 90% of the money. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I, 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 I'm like a program record on this, so I don't want to like continue to drag the show down, but I'm happy Mike Moustakis is in Milwaukee. I, I will laugh my ass off if he, if he makes any sort of – I mean, I can't wait to watch spring training games for the Milwaukee Brewers to see Mike Moustakis try to play second base because that is but not it, happening. I just feel like they did this last year right, when they brought in Scope and they brought in Moustakis. They are moving guys all around who, who and Shaw. Like, they all felt uncomfortable playing the position that they played, and they're going down this road again. So, yeah, it would certainly be interesting. His 66 home runs are like the 10th most in baseball over the last year. He's very <laughs> underrated. The Brewers are the infielder of the Padres. It's just like, yeah, we have 15 of them. We'll just figure it out. Yeah, okay. they, they really, yeah. You guys know you don't have a DH yet, right? <laughs> I know. It's, hey, 2021, guys, you got to wait. So hold on. Yeah. 
<laughs> Real quick, Carlos Martinez being shut down. I don't think people are making enough of this. It's kind of got glossed over. And if I'm in a draft awesome. right now, they're making a lot of it. Where have you been? Maybe you're writing football articles. Yeah, I don't, know. I was watching don't draft him. Don't even touch him. That's I was going to say. How nope. far is he getting pushed down for you? Are you Doesn't off the matter. board completely? Nope. nope, not at all. I'm buying even harder now because it's cheaper. It's cheaper. There's no structural damage. If the shoulder shows no structural damage, what are we worried about? So he has a little sore dead arm period that everybody has, but because nothing else is going on now, it's the only thing we have to talk about. I see people jumping off a cliff on him. I'm buying more shares. And I'll tell you what, if they are concerned and they end up moving him to the bullpen, you can sure as hell believe he's going to be the closer because they're not going to have him be a seventh or eighth inning guy where he gets up and down and warms up a million times. They might as well just put him in surgery right now. If you, uh, if you make him the closer and the ninth inning guy, he comes yeah. in, he warms up, he gets three outs, and then he goes and he pitches in a couple days from now. I'm not touching him. I mean, he can, <laughs> he can fall Come down. Come on, Meany, you're the gambler of the group here. You're not touching him. I didn't like what I saw Ooh. last year. The strikeouts come down. He's walking nearly five per nine. He's got shoulder issues already. He had them all last year. No thanks. It's not even worth it to me. Like, if he falls down, like, where's he falling? Like, he has to fall towards the, like, outside top. 50, 55, 60 pitchers. Sure. See, I'm, I'm more with Chris and I, he's not off the, like everybody has cost. Everybody has a price or, you know, whatever, which way you want to say it. But I was with Chris in the fact of more of, I didn't feel good about last year. And yes, the home runs were extremely low, but you know, they're going to normalize a little bit, come back up a little. I'm mostly pointing that out for the fact of the difference between his ERA and his XFIP. Uh, because his, you look at his ERA last year, it's like, ooh, it's still 3.11. It's still really nice. But the walks, I just, like, I feel watching him felt like I was watching a lucky pitcher. Like, it, it was like, all right, this guy should be in more trouble than he is. But he still has the skill, which I see on your side of it, Joe, is he, we were talking about Carlos Martinez. And the reason we are talking about him is because he is a very talented pitcher. But I don't like the limits in his starts and moving around to the bullpen and the injury from last year. There's no clear closer there, Jake. It's not Hicks and it's not Miller. I'm telling you. I don't think, no, I don't think it's clear either. I think they're going to split. And I think Martin, yeah, but you see, I think deep down this plays right into the hand of what the Cardinals really want. And the Cardinals would really prefer to have Alex Reyes in the rotation at some point. And it would really prefer to have Carlos Martinez closing games because if you can contain his innings, you can, you don't have to throw him back to back days or three days in a row or whatever it is, you know exactly how much he needs time wise to warm up. He can be warm. He can come in get the three outs. It's the best way to manage him. He was good in the role last year at the end of the season. This is, this is money. This is the best slash, Worst slash best thing again to happen, and, to and that's that's all well and good. But I'm not drafting it with any type of significant cost, hoping that that happens. I'm with you that I, I would love for that to happen, and I could see an easy 25 plus saves. But I'm not going to draft that with the risk. They they need him in the rotation too. Like Wainwright is not going to last. Michael Walker has never been able to last inside <laughs> that rotation, so they need him Chris, really bad. I, I was looking at the rotation when I was doing my projections, and you know, it's like I really thought Wainwright was done. Yeah, like, he, he is. Actually no one's back a told him last year. But he yeah. is. Re- he actually <laughs> retired, but <laughs> they retired him. <laughs> Nobody told him to leave. <laughs> he just keeps coming back. Yeah, Martinez. Like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, home. No, wait. It's like it's like that guy in Office Space where they fired him, but they stopped paying him, but he keeps showing up to work because <laughs> no, 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 it's no. like Kramer. I don't even work here. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it so confusing. Um, Carlos Martinez is pitcher forty-seven uh, NFBC. It's it's starting pitcher thirty-three. Like, 
like he would need to fall to the to the 50s for me like in around that range like with the archer tanaka hap hamels freeland like eh, those that's a dicey crew to me i i like hamels but I would, I'd rather take the shot of like Bieber goes and goes after him. Glass. No, like those are guys Haney. Those are guys I'd rather take a shot on than Carlos. Martinez. You know, that rotation doesn't have a single lefty in it, right? I just think that's interesting for DFS thoughts going. Yeah. Into, it's into a thought. That. So uh, real quick uh, while we're on the Cardinals, I want to bring this up because he has been for me. I've owned a ton of shares because I, I guess at least for my projections and opinion, he's underrated. Michaelis. I, I'm I'm seemingly higher on him than most everybody I'm drafting with so far, guys. I like to call him Nicolas. Yeah, yeah, I like to call him that too. But yeah. Yes. All right, Michael, yes, it is. No, I'm not. No, I'm gonna say it however yeah. I want. Yeah, I'm not telling us anymore how to say. This is a discussion of how we want to say Michael. This is just—it's your opinion on how do you feel about it. Well, it is now. Unfortunately, you've walked into it. So I think there'll be a little bit of regression, Jake. But um, I think he's a good roto guy. Someone who helps stabilize your ratios. Like he doesn't strike out a lot, but he limits his walks. Um, You know, I think the ERA will still be sub four. It was sub three last year. I don't think he can get to that mark, but um, he gives up like a lot of contact. Man, it's like 82, 83 percent contact. But the fact that he can keep some of that on the ground it is good for him so i'm not well, he's he, not a target of mine but he's i find him falling down like when i do drafts i right. find him falling down where his adp is and then becomes a decent value you know? and well because one of the things is he learned to pitch to what his strengths and weaknesses are so the you know the, the the inclusion in this discussion is are you guys taking a flyer on merrill kelly with the diamondbacks basically in the same situation of what we just saw with michaelis i'm probably better off taking a shot on him yeah it's not terrible i mean you know, it's tell us how you really feel. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I that's how I really feel. Like, I don't feel enough to even talk about I'm going. Like, all right. I mean, sell, us about, him, sell, us, about tell us about what Kelly sell us. Yeah, sell us. No, oh, no, it's not sell it. No, this is, this is nothing more than the fact that he went overseas and pitched in Korean baseball and now he's doing the same thing. Michael, yeah, yeah no, it's fair. Mm, well, yeah, it's definitely hey, changed. Eric Thames also time. hit Eric Thames also hit a lot of home runs in Korea. No, he doesn't have a job. He hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, that's another guy. Him and Wainwright are going to go on vacation on a cruise together. <laughs> I swear, like 65% of his home runs came against the Reds. I was looking into that first year, the and they were one. all coming against the Cincinnati Reds against that atrocious bullpen. But, yeah, he's he's done now. Uh, real quick, before we get into football, I'll give bonus points for either one of you that knows who the original team that drafted Merrill Kelly was. Mm, probably the Mets. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know. Phillies? Nope. Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> of course. The devil. Oh, yeah, just only because it kind of, he feels like a Ray. <laughs> he feels like that whole, hey, he we're going to go with, with, with the opener list and all that type uh, of stuff. God. Yeah. Oh, was it the devil? excited Ray? for that again this year, Joe? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not excited. <laughs> no one's excited for it. Nobody. It's just they. They have legitimately. You saw they legitimately are only naming three starters as of right now, right? I know. Like you know what the funny part is too. It's it, you know we go. You just mentioned. I don't see any of these guys like these guys on the Yankees going to full season. I don't see any of these guys in the Cardinals going to full season. This is why I keep fighting for the shortened regular season because the shortened regular season and extended playoffs. Yeah, no, but they're never the dynamic in this a lot. No, I'm just saying. You mess with the record books, man. Oh, screw no, the record me- books. No, no, no. <laughs> you mess with the pocketbooks. That's the problem. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, Jake Seeley is like, I'm a writer. Look at this. Not boom, wrong. Boom. Not wrong. Hey, that was th- really pretty. There was nine <laughs> different teams to, to start the game with a reliever. I think we'll probably see close to 15 this year try to. Yep. 
and the shift. That's the new shift. That's the that's the pitching shift is what we're gonna say. I hey, I'll I'll take Yanni Chirinos real late at the end of drafts in like the twenty eighth round, but we'll, we'll see. All right, guess what? Football time. All right, so I lied, guys. One more thing before we get to football. I forgot to bring this up. We got to talk about real baseball. We got to talk about, and I mean real, as in the landscape of baseball and Rob Manfred coming into play with two things. He won, and this goes back to the Harper Machado thing, was blaming the problems for free agency on the play. I don't know if you guys saw this. Did you see where he talked about the war of players last year and all that stuff? Where he's like, yeah, he's there's only so many players that even had a one plus war and blah, blah, blah and all like to back to your point, Joe, about the middle class ones is was blaming the players for the free agency problems, which, yes, if you want to say Machado and Harper are their own worst enemies for waiting this long or not having cut, that's fine. Blaming the state of free agency on the rest of the players to the Mustakases of the world. Get the hell out of here. And yeah, then, yes. Yeah, so complete BS. Like, we don't need to go down this road. Just Manfred's out of his damn mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. Yeah. he's lost. Yeah. Let's okay. not give him any more time. No. Okay. So here's the second part is the whole pitch clock thing, which we know that's one of the things that is happening. They're doing the 20-second pitch clock in spring training. The DH, all the other stuff has been put on hold, but the pitch clock is the one that they're testing out, the one that could actually happen this year. The interesting part is not just Manfred pushing for this, and I understand why he's doing it. I don't know about you guys, but I understand, and I'm with it. I'm fine with it. I've actually been to, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have too, but minor league games and watched, and it's it's just in the background. It's not even a thing. I was, I was only watching it because I knew about it. I was like, oh, let's see if it does anything. Nobody's staring at it. Nobody's what Like, the pitches happen. Everybody's doing their pitch clock thing, and it just goes. It just, it's there just in case, I guess, but nobody ever was – nobody ever went past the limit. But we already have Clayton Kershaw and Rich Hill, biggest one being Clayton Kershaw saying, I'm not – I don't care. I'm not going to pay attention to it. I don't care what the hell it is, which – we talk about all the time on this show of baseball needs saving to a degree. We need people to be into it. Well, guess what? If you can shave 15 minutes off a game and have it on TV and have more people enjoy it and get back into it a little bit, shut the hell up, Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for guys like Kershaw, though, you know, I kind of understand what he's saying and to an extent, like he's, you know, he's a vet now and he's just not going to worry about that kind of stuff. And he's just going to pitch. It's like when Ortiz, right? You can't come out of the batter's box and that never, ever was a a little bit different though. They're going to have the clock. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a little different Chris between like, I'm not going to worry about it and Kershaw being like, no, screw you. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of being the face of baseball, you'd you'd want him to maybe not say that, but I mean, it's only going to be a select few pitchers that have to really worry about this. Like, you know, you know right, but it was also like the no more Garcia pairs and David Wrights and David Ortiz's of the world's when it was in the, yeah, they didn't matter that rule at all. Yeah. And they didn't that's really the one that, that, that's the one that takes up more time. I mean, the, the pitch clock is basically turned into it's tied into, excuse me, the, the, the batter's box guy, like getting in and out of the batter's box. Right. And, yeah. You know, they're one in the same. Yeah. You can't fix one, not the other. Yeah. Can't have one without the uh, This, this is good though. You, you speed up the game for what? Fifteen. Well, so, and that's my point. That's my yeah. last point to it is look, for everybody out there that's going to be like, well, this is going to fix it, but no, okay, nothing's going to fix it by itself. But if you shave off five minutes, four minutes of pitchers, you know, staying on the clock and making pitches and not walking around the round for fifteen minutes and t- picking up the rosin bag and going through the cl- calls again from the catcher, that if you stick to that, if you stick to the batter staying in the box for more than a month and actually embrace that and hold on to that if you go to the limiting trips to the mound all these things add up 
and now you've shaved games down from two hours and 45 minutes to two hours and 20 minutes. So you add all these things together. It's just stick with them. But my biggest problem, like I said, is it's just if players want baseball to succeed and then get to the new generation of short attention spans and more things on demand, you, you don't be the first person immediately to come out and just be like, no, screw you. I'm going to do what I want. I didn't do what I want. It, yeah, I won't. It's the relievers. I'm looking right now um, on on the pace of the pitchers. Like it's all the relievers. Like Pedro Baez, 28 seconds. Brad Hand, Jose Alvaro, uh, Blake Parker, Matt Barnes, Bud Norris. It's all Greg Holland. Like it's all just relievers. Like those are the guys who take forever to pitch. So it'll be an adjustment period for those guys. It's not really the starters. Where's Kimbrell on that? I'm surprised with having to put his arm in that stupid position that he's not that way up there. <laughs> Every time. Right? right now he's got that arm hanging looking for a contract. Anybody yeah. going to pay me? Anybody? Anybody going to pay me? Nope. Okay. Can I get seven years as a closer? Can I get seven? What, I mean, that's a problem. It's not like they're not being offered contract. Yes, right. Randy Grandal was offered a four-year deal by the Mets. Their greed is what's also helping suppress this market. Let's not be ridiculous. Yes, Randy Grandal wasn't worth that contract the Mets offered him. He thought he was worth more than that, and he had to go. You know, like, screw you. The market's not what you think it is. Sorry. Kimbrell, 39th on this list, 24.6 seconds. Yeah. Oh, he's still by the way, speaking of Grandal, how but deep is that Milwaukee really lineup this year? That's a deep lineup, man. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. You got yeah. Mustakas in there now too. Uh, then Grandal. That is a that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they might not need to pitch, but they got to pitch better than you know. They can't rely on some of those guys last year. Hey, another team. Dallas Keuchel's out there for you guys. I there I don't go. understand yeah. Dallas Keuchel. is Dallas Keuchel's agent. He's won a Cy Young for God's sakes. I know. I don't get it either. He he's a great addition to any team out there. Actually, yes. Yeah, speak, speaking so. of that, Dallas Keuchel, fire your agent. Call me, Jake Seeley. I'll have you with a contract tomorrow. Oh man, get him. And I'll only take five percent instead of ten percent or whatever it is. I'll take half of what he was taking. Uh, spring training starts tomorrow. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, when, is it, when does it start, Chris? Tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Well, since it does start tomorrow, let's talk football. Oh, there you go. The transition that's not there. Nice. Yeah, well, we we got to get back to it because, hey, it's the Antonio Brown guy again. Um, but sure. it seems like we have the start of a resolution because for anybody that doesn't know and wasn't on Twitter yesterday, Antonio Brown – yeah, well, first of all, Antonio Brown's initial conversation for the show was going to be about his tweets over the weekend, or what is Monday, I forget what day it was, where he was answering questions for the Ask Antonio Brown 10 minutes that he did or whatever, and he was talking about blaming Ben Roethlisberger, and he, th- he kind of acts like management at times, which we can touch on that too. But it all culminated to yesterday, which the tweet that you know basically lords over the rest of them and saying, talked with ownership. We're on the same page in the fact that we're moving on. It's time to find a trade. So uh, are we tired of Antonio Brown? Do we want to see him on any team? What team do we want to see him on? For everybody out there that doesn't understand my tweet about getting traded to the Patriots for a fifth and a seventh rounder was a joke. It was a joke. I don't need to say they're not going to trade him to the Patriots. Uh, I'm kidding. They're not going to trade him for a fifth and a seventh rounder. Of course, I'm not going to trade him to the Patriots, period. Right. Exactly. And for a fifth and seventh, I thought the clarity of being a fifth and a seventh rounder to the Patriots was clear enough that I didn't need a sarcasm font for that. <laughs> can, they, is, can we do that? Can we find a sarcasm font? <laughs> We've been trying to do that for years. I think we should do it. <laughs> like it should, I don't know what, what it constitutes, but I think that would clear up a lot of things for you, especially. 
For a while comics, there, comics, <laughs> comics sans. It's like of, who who knows or follows Jacob doesn't get the sarcasm yet. Like I don't. Like, that's what I don't get. It's like why why is Jake not being truthful about and honest about everything he says at all times? Yeah, you really not? trigger people, Jake, with those uh, yeah. Twitter fingers. Well, I, I got people fired up last night with the in and out take. That was fun. Uh, I don't know what that take was, but for Antonio Brown, the most overrated fast food place. Oh, that's fine. I'll Period. That. So Antonio Brown, the more he talks, I, I feel like the more the field gets reduced every time he continues to open up <laughs> his teams. Yes, because he's we. I've sat here and said that the Steelers have had a problem. I wondered if it was Tomlin, and now I'm wondering if like Brown is just a big part of the problem that they've had over the past couple of years. Like I don't even think he understands the situation. He's telling teams to call him. He's saying he wants guaranteed money. It doesn't work like that, man. You're not a free agent. You need to be traded or released. Like teams cannot just call you and sign you right now. It doesn't make any sense at all. He's not happy with having 168 targets that he had last year playing with a Super Bowl or a Hall of Fame quarterback. And what is he going to get traded to the Bills and deal with the sophomore quarterback? And is he going to be happy then playing for Buffalo? Like he needs to relax a little bit and pump the brakes because I don't think he's going to get traded to a contender. I see he gets traded to a team that. Uh, needs a lot of help, and if he's like not San happy Fran. now, San Fran, San Fran would be fine. That'd be that'd be a plus. I, mean, I think I feel like everybody. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if him and Bell get reunited in the same spot too? That'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be so much fun. What a great so story that would be. Yeah, sure. It would make a, a team a contender. That's for sure. Bringing those two. You know, well, you know, he's not going to go to any of the AFC contending teams because the Steelers won't deal him there, and most of those teams probably don't have the, the cap room mm, anyway. You know, I think if like. Oakland came with the first. I can see them doing something like. Imagine that. him getting traded to Oakland or Arizona. Like, <laughs> like Oakland, like happy then? Just because they'd Do be like, yeah, whatever. Las Vegas, Oakland. Jake. Do you mean Las Vegas? Yeah, Las Vegas. But my, that's my point. Is like, I can see them being like, yeah, who cares? It's Oakland. I can understand that, or oh, I think that they're punishing him <laughs> in a way by sending them to John Gruden. Maybe he's like, oh, you, you think you're unhappy here? Okay, here, why don't you go there? Let's see what happens. But. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, Oakland did beat them this year. Just, yeah, they beat them three years in a row now. Let's not forget that. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's funny because a couple months ago we were sitting here. I think it actually might have been just me and Chris on that day where we were talking about how maybe they will do this. And everyone's like, no, it's never going to happen because of the cap. It's never going to happen, never going to happen. But we were like speculating. And then at the end of it, we said, you know what? Maybe they should. Maybe it should just be a time where you just part ways. And if someone's unhappy, you just find a way to make it all work somehow. It's a business and you just do it because it's better than the alternative of having an unhappy group. But right now, I think the pressure goes on to Ben Roethlisberger more than anybody because you take away Le'Veon Bell, you take away Antonio Brown. And I know Ben Roethlisberger has been helpful to those guys, but they've been equally helpful to him. Juju's real good, but I don't know. This is the wrong time in your career to start losing great talent around you. It's the Browns division to lose, guys. Yeah, go Cleveland Rocks. Cleveland Rocks. Oh, baby. <laughs> Somebody suggested Cleveland. I was like, they're not going to trade him into the division. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, they won't. won't. San Fran so, seems logical and he wants to go there. But again, it doesn't matter what he wants. <laughs> do you? Th- so to, but I, w- I do want to talk about that. Do you think there is a legitimacy to what he's saying about Ben Roethlisberger? Because I actually don't. Like, I no, well. I do, and the fact that I don't think he's lying about Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think he's making up the fact that Ben Roethlisberger can act like ownership and put players in his place. But you know who puts players in his place all the time and screams on the sideline at the players? Tom Tom Brady. Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady's got six rings. You know who else does it? 
Look, 90% of the quarterbacks in the flipping NFL do that. If you want to say they act like management because they're trying to call out players and put them in our place, that's, again, the, the clue was we had the clue. We had the insight. The day that he videotaped himself while Tomlin was addressing the team in the locker room was the day where he should have said, ah, there's probably something going on here with Antonio Brown that we need to consider. Uh, he's not the best teammate. No, I would agree that he's not. And, you know, for Big Ben, he's earned the right to to do that, right? A couple of Super Bowls. And correct me if I'm wrong, Antonio Brown has not caught a touchdown pass from anybody else in his NFL career besides Big Ben. So Big Ben probably has a lot to do with his success. I'm not saying Antonio Brown can't succeed anywhere else. But, you know, when you're the quarterback and you've won a couple of Super Bowls and you're really the face of the franchise, whether you're a good guy or not, um, you got to kind of look up to him. And, and sometimes you got to listen. And, you know, these guys, they butt heads. Okay, so continue with this and a wide receiver with problems, diva mentality and the Patriots all involved. Let's talk about Giants and Odell Beckham. Because this is my worst nightmare, Jake. <laughs> this entire show, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham in the same show is just like uh, it's it's Joe's favorite day of the, of the month. Um, and so the Antonio Brown thing, that's fine. That's you know he's started to create this problem, and they're you know they're going to have an amicable release supposedly. Blah. This is another level because it's not just Odell Beckham and the Giants, and do they want to find a trade part? It's they don't seem to know what the hell they want to do. And they actually were aggressively listening to offers, which I don't know how you aggressively listen. I guess if you, yeah, I don't know, whatever it might be. But the 49ers wanted them. The Patriots wanted them. And that's when the Giants last year said, oh, hold on. The Patriots want them. Maybe we shouldn't trade them. So this whole situation is so ass backwards to me. And the fact of they signed them, we're considering trading offers after signing them. The fact that they're still talking about this offseason. I know Jake Glazer just asked for a bold prediction, and people are way overreacting to a bold prediction. He didn't have any information. So let's save Jake Glazer that aggravation. Stop tweeting at that guy and telling him to go kill himself. Please. He's having a rough go. Yeah. I mean, Wait, what's just, that? Who's what? What? Jake Glazer. Jake Glazer was asked for bold predictions on teams. And when the one for the Giants was that they would trade Odell Beckham, and the people just came after him. I like, yeah, his he brother, actually, his mother, yeah. Yeah. Just, it's the worst of the worst of people, as you always see. Like the ones that tweet athletes about being terrible humans and all that type of stuff and costing and all that. That's the type of people that are tweeting them. But anyway, the, the Giants are just a joke to me now. Like, this is almost, we're getting close to the Mets level of I need to put them on a ban because you need to be told that the Patriots were interested to decide not to trade Odo Beck. Like, are you that stupid? Are you that disconnected from your own team? Uh, you just keep going, Jake. I mean, they're your team. I, 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 I don't understand it. I find it hard to believe that they would need the Patriots to tell them, you know, to hang on to, you know, a stud like Odell Beckham Jr. I feel like they should know this, but they've done so many questionable things over the past couple of years that, you know, I guess I can't give them the, the benefit of the doubt. So, uh, yikes. It's brutal. If it's true, it's, it's not good, man. Like, I was kind of in the Joe camp anyways, you know, last year about moving on from this guy and, you know, a bit of a headache to begin with. But, I mean, I don't know what to say. I just hope uh, it's not well, true. I, as a Patriot fan, I don't want Odell Beckham. Can I just say that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't care how talented he is. I don't want him. I don't want him. I that know we've taken on problem that team children would be before. so amazing. Would they? Would they really? Yes. yes, because you know who knows how to handle Odell Beckham? The Patriots. Do they? 
can anyone yeah. handle him? Randy Moss. Randy Moss. But you know what? Here's the one difference between Randy Moss and Odell. Randy Moss was a winning personality. Like Randy Moss was about winning. Even though he was about him, he was really about winning. He's a super competitive guy. And if you watch that football life on him, that was one where the 30 for 30, I forget which one. I think, you know, I actually think it was a football life. He was so like, you could see it intense. Even the high school level, there was some kind of weird competitive streak. And I'm not saying Odell Beckham doesn't want to win, but I don't think in the same kind of level that Randy Moss did. And I, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying, but look at Chad Ochocinco. Look at uh, Josh Gordon. We can't fix everyone. You know, Belichick can't fix everyone. He couldn't manage Aaron Hernandez out of his madness, you know? So it's a fun idea from a Madden trade standpoint, but it's not good in real life, I don't think. I, I see. I still think it does. You just want to get rid of him. You just want to send no, him to I, me. I, I, no, you I, I see don't. me for 17 weeks be miserable. No, <laughs> as, a the bye week, I'll fan, be miserable. as a Giants fan, I legitimately don't. Like I t- I'm telling you, this is stupid that you need to be told that somebody else was interested and it was the Patriots for you to know that Odell Beckham is a talent that you don't trade away. Unless I mean, like, I find it hard to believe. Like, it can't be that dumb. No, that's my problem. Is like it, where I could see them being that dumb is the fact that they don't know how to handle Odell Beckham. I think I think the Patriots could. Hell, I think a lot of teams could. I think a lot of teams that weren't driving Eli Manning down our throats still could handle it. It's just I'm looking at this and saying, you know what? That the fact is the Giants don't know what the hell they're doing from the front office to the coaching staff. Well, you better hope you don't trade him to the Patriots because all you're going to get is a 31st overall pick for him. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's fun fodder, and I get why the Patriots – the Patriots are just opportunistic. They, they look and they say, well, who can we get? Who's, be, who's in a bad situation? What might we be able to do? Who's desperate to make a move? It's, it's what good GMs do. That's what good football, what baseball, basketball people do. They take advantage of situations. They buy low. Oh. God, that's just, I knew, look, D'Angelo Williams warned us. A lot of players did from Steve Smith to Oliver. They warned us about Dave Gettleman. And uh, you know this. I told you guys as soon as it happened, I was extremely aggravated and upset with the hiring of Dave Gettleman. And this is the road we're going. This is going to be an annoying few years, I, I feel, for Giants fans and myself. But last piece of football, you know, talk about <laughs> not knowing what's going on and some risk here. Ah, uh, the AAF, everybody. I don't know if everybody, yeah, the AF, oh, I think a lot of them are saying worse than that uh, because this kind of got mentioned, but in past, like, I only noticed this because ESPN was talking about it, which I, that's not usually where, like, sometimes I'll catch around the horn and stuff like that just while I'm working out, but it's not like I'm like, oh, ESPN news source. But even if you went to the webpage, it wasn't really mentioned that much there. It wasn't promoted heavily. The AF went from, Basically, what is it, over a million viewers down to like 600,000 and barely made payroll yeah. last week. And I thought some- they said it was a glitch, quote unquote. No, no, no. It's yeah. not a glitch when you need somebody to come in with $250 million, who is now the owner of the AFL. chairman. We, we talked last week about how the maybe, you know, this would hurt the XFL like two weeks, like one week later, guys, after we talked, it went from 2.1 million to 600,000 viewers. Was it that big? Well, everybody wants to see the experiment and, and the, the, this is what pisses me off. It's like, everybody wants to see where Chris is going with that. All right, go ahead. Listen, they, they bring it like to to Jake, your point, it was the Carolina hurricanes owner had to invest $250 million. He's now the new chairman already. They, they were in danger 
danger of missing the payroll on Friday. I saw that report. It was actually from the athletic when they were talking about it. Sarah Spain was talking about it on the round the horn. Like this is already in trouble. So I don't think like what we were talking about last week, you know, this is great. Maybe it's like, this is going to be a big thing to get a new chairman, bringing in basically another CEO already. That's like complete red flags for me. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, it's definitely not good. But as far as the ratings go, I mean, of course, there's going to be the highest the first week where everybody wanted to see what, what it is. And if you get 50% retention, I don't think that's a bad thing. They, they didn't even get 50. 2.1 million to 600,000. All right, that was not quite 50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said it was a million to 600,000. I thought No, so. I thought it was. Chris corrected me. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's less than 30%. Uh, well, look, this, this, this need to be immediately successful is what's killing everything in this country. If something isn't huge and terrific and great and very good or whatever it is off the bat and isn't a huge success, somehow that means it's a failure. And I think that's absolutely the wrong way to go about it. See, I understand understand what you're saying, Joe, but to have you, it's not just the viewership, which is, that's a huge loss. I think it's the fact that if you're talking about, oh, we might not make payroll in the second week, Yikes. That's a huge concern. And to be honest with you, and I'm not saying like, oh, I saw this coming because I didn't. I was actually enjoying. No, some it of- seemed like these guys were. It, you could see no, this no. more in the XFL happening. Yeah. Right. There, so there was there's like I was I was just talking about the football alone. There were some interesting pl- plays and games and, you know, performances and the coaching and the Steve Spurrier still knowing what he's doing out there and all that. Type of, and there's investment of the coaching. You look at the names that are behind it and stuff like that. That was never my concern, but the first weekend even, when I turned it on and looked at the attendance at the games, that was my first of, oh my God, I don't know if this is going to work. Because you're talking about, to your point, Joe, 2.1 million viewers, as Chris said, there's a lot of people watching it, and I'm not saying ticket sales drives the entire business, but there was maybe 50% attendance at best. For well, some that's a tricky games. thing with some of these, te- these cities aren't necessarily professional football cities some are but some aren't and i think that's where it gets tricky and but i'm gonna go back to the same thing you have to know the beginning of a business you're probably gonna take a bath for a little while especially when you launch it on this kind of a scale it's not going to be all sunshine and roses you have to you have to have a three to five year commitment to something to grow this and realize it's going to take time for people to adjust to this and be interested in it it's and and what's going to happen is it's going to be a one year and done failure if they can't make payroll, and all of a sudden, if they decide that, you know, you know what, it didn't get quite what we thought it would or didn't hold the week one ratings. Of course, it didn't hold the week one ratings. You can't, you can't expect that to happen. You also can't expect it on Valentine's Day weekend either, which is one of the biggest weekends of people going out. So you can't think that either. So no, I, but, uh, I don't think you would have expected that kind of drop. That's yeah, ex- yeah, I expected it to drop off too, but I was pretty shocked that it was, you know, to this extent. But I, I'll I, tell you what, you should see uh, if, it, if it holds at 600. Yeah. Then, then you know you've got a base. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've, it's hard to find these games on my guide. I, tweet, I tweeted about that, Chris. I don't I know. Did you see it? it? No, I was going to oh, watch said, one the other I day. Said, I'm like, is, I don't have it. I said, this is as bad as the MLB playoffs. It's just, that's what it like. There's a game on what channel of the seven options could it possibly let me go through each one and try to find out where it went because this week it's on TBS, next week it's on yeah. TNT, then it's on FS1, then it's on CBS, then it's on CBS Network. And then, like, I was like, good God, where did you put these games? Yeah, you got to have a special CBS, I think. You're you know, right. They, they show one on the find. NFL Network, but um, yeah, it's hard to find. Make it a little bit more friendly. Maybe we'll bump that number up to 850,000. Hey, hold, hold on real quick. Breaking news, guys. I, I got an email 
It's an account alert. Sex dating. My action is required. Oh, awesome. It sounds like you're actually, if that's not a note to leave on, I don't know what is. On that note. Yeah. It seems like you've got a busy day ahead of you, Jake. (laughs) Sex dating. It's kind of like backwards, isn't it? I don't know. Not if you do it right. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it backwards if you want. Uh, But I'm (laughs) on that note. Uh, go get the black book get prepared for the fantasy baseball season get also prepared hey go to the athletic check out Chris's work my work hey the, uh, you know what? hey quick question for you Chris mm. what the hell are the hockey referees doing where they don't drop the puck sometimes like what, what are they waiting for <laughs> that's funny bring they've been Don Cherry's been complaining about that for years they just I don't know man like they just, just like, they think they're bigger than they're, sometimes they, they think they're just drop the damn puck I agree it's it's usually the linesmen you know, they're kicking guys out of the circle. They're putting their stick down too early. You know, the road team has to put their stick down first and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying. Yeah. So I, I just, sorry, yeah. Joe, I just happened to be watching the Rangers <laughs> recently because the football season's over and I'm watching for prospect wise because I want the Rangers to lose and I want to make some trades and, you know, to the future type of stuff. So I just happened to be watching. I was watching one of the games. I'm like, just drop the damn puck. Stop <laughs> playing yeah. around. Like, it's just oh my god! It's, yeah, anyway, speed it up like baseball. You need that clock. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, as uh, was it your final hockey column, or do you still have one more left? No, we still got a couple more left. Um, I got a playoff one coming up this week where I'm looking at the schedule, the three weeks and playoffs, uh, help the people out, the, the teams with the most games, the the nights to attack the schedule. So that's going to come out probably tomorrow morning at the Athletic, and then we'll have one more playoff one um, right after trade deadline, which is Monday. Yep, he's at Chris Meany, Joe PZP at Joe PZP is seventeen in this ring. What else, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's Black Book uh, Podcast, recording a new episode right now, and now I'm going to be writing once a week for Fantrax because they, uh, they wore me down. They wore me down and uh, <laughs> said, here's money, and I said, fine. Sucker. So, uh, there you go. Sucker, right? But I just have a piece that went up today about hey. uh, auction draft, the perfect auction draft, and I'm going to do the perfect snake draft next. Your co-workers with Scott Angle again. I know. No matter, no matter what I do, I, I can't yeah. escape Scotty Angle. Scott's a good dude. I love me some Scotty. <laughs> Oh, that's good. And you know me, Jake Seeley, at All and Kid. We'll be back and hope you enjoy the nonsense. I have no idea how to close this because I ran out of ideas. So, the end. No, no, nobody is perfect, but her forehead like starts like LeBron James. Like it was. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm looking at her right now. <laughs> <laughs>